This is Taiwan Plus on ICRT, your connection to stories that matter. Brought to you by the news team at TaiwanPlus.com. Welcome to Taiwan Plus News. I'm Inka Vat. Taiwan's President Tsai Ing-wen is pushing for Japan's support in the country's inclusion in a massive regional trade bloc. Tsai Ing-wen met with visiting youth members of Japan's ruling Liberal Democratic Party on Thursday. Taiwan's entry into the Comprehensive and Progressive Agreement for Trans-Pacific Partnership, or the CPTPP, has been a focus of Taiwan-Japan relations in recent years. The countries do not have have official diplomatic ties, but the LDP Youth Division sends delegations to Taiwan, including sitting lawmakers. Many of the Youth Division's previous heads have gone on to serve in high positions, including current Prime Minister Fumio Kishida and his predecessor. To discuss the significance of this trip for Taiwan-Japan relations, I spoke with Professor Guo Yuran, an expert in Japanese foreign policy and U.S.-Japan relations at National Sunset University here in Taiwan. I believe uh, the visit uh, of this delegation to Taiwan uh, from the youth division of uh, Japanese ruling party, uh, LDP, is uh, actually very timely. Uh, right after the uh, outbreak of Ukraine war, and not to mention uh, in this December, end of this year, uh, Japan is going to revise its uh, three very important national security documents. How has Ukraine changed the security situation for Japan? This kind of feel of uh, imminent threat from China got uh, escalated uh, with the outbreak of Ukraine war, you know, China's uh, bold action uh, surrounding both Taiwan and, and, and Japan. And not to mention, uh, China has been uh, observing and also learning uh, from the experience of Ukraine war. And uh, with the kickoff of Xi Jinping's third term, end of this year, uh, that's the mutual concern and worry uh, for both Taiwan and Japan, that uh, Xi Jinping might, might take, uh, you know, bold military action against uh, Japan or against Taiwan. Taiwan's COVID wave hit new heights on Thursday, with more than 30,000 new cases and five deaths. But as the numbers grow, so is the frustration of many who are trying to comply with government guidelines. Local health departments are flooded with people who need to prove they have been in quarantine. And as John Van Trieste reports, a shortage of test kits is also raising concerns. Across Taiwan, local health departments are being swamped. They're facing long lines of people, not seeking COVID treatment, but needing proof for work or school that they've been in quarantine. Health departments are struggling to handle the volume of requests. Long lines are also forming outside pharmacies, where COVID test kits have become a hot commodity. Some unscrupulous businesses have moved in to meet demand. One Taichung company was caught after putting over 200,000 unapproved test kits on the market. 
There are also reports of people reselling kits for a profit, despite police warning that doing so carries a fine of up to 34,000 U.S. dollars. The government is set to release more of its rationed test kits on May 15th in an effort to bring an end to the profiteering and the long lines. Klein Wong and John Van Trieste for Taiwan Plus. Political leaders around the world have reacted strongly to the news that the U.S. Supreme Court may be about to reverse the law protecting abortion rights. It's not enacted for women's health or women's need, but we do have a, a law that uh, let women be able to choose to have abortion. But when a married women want to have abortion, you have to get the consent from your husband. And this is not right. I think it's only women knows the best if it's good for her or not, not the husband. And second, uh, women is the one who will bear the, cho- the, the fetus. So she should have the right to decide what her body wants to be, not the husband. Thirdly, women, uh, pregnancy and childbirth has risk. Women should have the right to refuse to those risks. Well, back down to earth in Taiwan, the first domestically produced rocket failed to launch this week in the southern city of Pingdong. But for a small indigenous village which rented the land to the Ministry of Science and Technology, it was still an uplifting moment. Rick Glowert reports. This is Shuhai, a small indigenous Taiwanese community on the island's windswept southeast coast. Most of the people here are Paiwan, a name that means they come from heaven. For a few days this month, the rural village of only 450 people had a new neighbour. A rocket set to be the first step in Taiwan's multi-million dollar space age ambitions. But bad weather got in the way of liftoff. The rocket was meant to be launched from the shoreline behind me. It required a wide open space, a safe distance from large towns and cities. But this land belongs to the local indigenous ethnic Paiwan people. They've lived here for millennia. And this indigenous land is protected by Taiwan law. The Ministry of Science and Technology required the local community's permission before they could plan a launch. Town residents held a referendum on the issue last year, with 85 out of 112 households opting to be part of this pioneering project. And for a few days, This small town was buzzing with scientists, rocket experts and journalists, a boon to the local economy. But unseasonably strong wind and heavy rain on launch day forced engineers to take the rocket back to their centre for repair. There's no guarantee when or where the next launch will take place. But what should have been a moment of pride for the country was scuppered by wind and rain, forcing Taiwan and the people of Shuhai to wait for another chance to reach for the heavens. Patrick Chen and Rick Glowett in Pingdong County for Taiwan Plus. Lockdown measures in Beijing are set to continue indefinitely as China's capital battles its worst COVID outbreak since the pandemic began. 3.5 million people in the Chaojiang district have been instructed to work from home. 60 subway stations have been shut down and dozens of bus lines have stopped operating in high-risk areas. China has maintained a COVID zero strategy despite fears it could wreak havoc on the world's second largest economy. 
22 million people live in Beijing, but according to official numbers, only 42 symptomatic cases were reported on Wednesday. In China's financial hub of Shanghai, 2.5 million people are still unable to leave their homes as authorities struggle to exit a five-week lockdown. Twitter's soon-to-be new owner, Elon Musk, says businesses and governments may need to pay a, quote, slight fee to use the service in the future is all part of a push to increase revenue. The platform currently lags behind rivals like Meta's Facebook. Musk said Twitter would always be free for casual users. He says he is looking for ways to monetize tweets that go viral. The Tesla and SpaceX founder last week agreed a deal to buy Twitter for 44 billion US dollars. Since then, the world's richest man has been teasing the public over his plans for the company. The U.S. state of New Mexico is battling seven wildfires, with a few of those combining to create a massive inferno. Authorities say the blaze is consuming the largest area in the state in over 30 years. Over 1,000 firefighters have mobilized to contain the fires, which have burned almost 230,000 acres, or roughly the size of the whole of Hong Kong. Thousands of people have been evacuated since the fires started in early April. According to state officials, New Mexico has been under a prolonged drought and more land has been scorched this year than in the past two years combined. There are dozens of wildfires burning across the southwestern part of the U.S. The Japanese space agency has teamed up with a toy maker to develop its latest mini lunar exploration robot. Sora Q is the product of the Japan Aerospace Exploration Agency, or JAXA, and toy company Tomy. The small round robot weighs only 250 grams, and it is designed specially to adapt to the lunar environment. It is made using materials that can endure the harsh temperature fluctuations of the moon. And it also has two wheels that allow it to move freely on powdery sand. The developers are planning to send the robot to the moon next year and hope this mission will inspire the nation's children to look to the stars. Thanks for watching Taiwan Plus News. I'm Ian Kavat. For more stories from Taiwan and around the world, please download the Taiwan Plus app. Stay safe and see you next time. Thanks for listening to Taiwan Plus on ICRT. For more great stories from Taiwan and around the world, visit TaiwanPlus.com.